The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by the Unger Real Estate Group, brokered by EXP Realty, proudly serving Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties. Call 407-790-9957 or visit WeSellOrlando.net. Welcome to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. My name is Jeff Sharon. Thank you so much for joining us as we continue our fall sport previews here on the podcast. We've been telling you everything you need to know about women's soccer, men's soccer. Now we're going to dive in with UCF Volleyball in this episode. We'll be hearing from head coach Todd Dagenet a little bit later. But uh, before we do that, make sure you check us out on the web at blackandgoldbanneret.com. We are SB Nation's home for UCF sports. We've got, uh, we're on Twitter at UCF underscore banneret. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash black and gold banneret. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on uh, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Leave us a rating. Tell us how we're doing. And uh, don't forget to send us questions at blackandgoldbanneret at gmail.com. All right, let's dive in. UCF Volleyball. It was an interesting year for UCF Volleyball last year in 2017. Uh, they finished... With another 21 season, they're fifth in the last seven years. They finished 20 and 14, 12 and 8 in the league. And they finished at 12 and 8 in the American after starting out 3 and 6. They, it was actually kind of like what they did, what, uh, what uh, men's soccer did. They, uh, uh, the Knights ended up finishing the season um, winning nine of their last 11 in the regular season, including back to back sweeps of USF to uh, finish out the year. And uh, but but still, that wasn't enough to get them over into the NCAA tournament. They were on the bubble. They just barely missed. And uh, we'll be talking about that a little bit with Coach Dagenet, of course. But um, in addition, but it, as sort of a consolation, they went to the uh, National Invitational Volleyball Championship, which is kind of like the NIT for college volleyball. They brought that back this uh, this past year. The Knights beat uh, UNC Greensboro in the first round before they lost to the host in their side of the bracket, Georgia, in the second round. So the Knights finished, uh, once again, with 20 wins at 20 and 14. But uh, this year's squad is going to look quite a bit different from last year. So Goner, Kia Bright, um, who was so spectacular for UCF uh, over the past uh, few years, part of that 2014 uh, championship team. Uh, also gone is uh, Taylor Wickey, who is just uh, a steady presence in the middle for uh, so long. And Miranda Watkins, who is uh, a solid defensive specialist for uh, a very long time for UCF as well. Only one senior on this year's team, that's Jordan Pingle, the uh, libero who is uh, rewriting the defensive record book for UCF Volleyball. And we'll likely have, we'll see her name up at the top of it um, at most defensive categories uh, by the end of the year. Uh, and in come six freshmen, and they're mostly all going to see plenty of playing time from what we're, from what we're thinking. Um, add to that, in addition to the fact that UCF actually played two true sophomores last year, extended time, two true freshmen, Anne-Marie Watson and Christina Fisher. Fisher was a revelation uh, on the outside for UCF, um, as was Anne-Marie uh, Watson, the local product out of uh, Haggerty High School. And also, Erin uh, Olson got a lot of time uh, at Setter, and she was a sophomore transfer from Bradley. So um, it was a, the youth movement kind of started last year, but uh, uh, but this year it's really taking on 
um, a life of its own. But um, these are really talented players that uh, Coach Dagenet and uh, and his staff have brought in. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, and also we're going to talk about the schedule uh, that UCF faces. A, uh, a couple things about um, the schedule this year for the Knights. Um, obviously, they'll be starting off um, very shortly uh, on Friday, August the 24th um, in the Sunshine State Challenge, playing Florida Gulf Coast, FAU, and Miami. But then they go to the uh, Bulby Invitational in Gainesville the following week to play Louisville, USC, and Florida. So that's a big con- non-conference tournament that they're doing. At least it's in, uh, it's in state. This is one advantage for UCF. They don't actually leave the state of Florida until Friday, September 28th, when they have to go to Tulane, um, which is uh, a big advantage for, uh, for UCF. They have two home tournaments on Friday, September 7th, and Saturday, September 8th. That's the UCF Challenge. And then the Volley Knights Invitational on the 14th and 15th, where they're playing, uh, where they play three matches in each of those, one of those round-robin tournaments that UCF always does, before they jump into uh, conference play, where... Um, the big dog from last year, uh, Wichita State, they're back at it again. They were undefeated in conference last year, 20-0, and and they uh, took the automatic bid. They were the only American Athletic Conference team to uh, go to the NCAA uh, tournament last year. So um, UCF is trying to – and this is one of the frustrating things about the Americans sometimes, especially in volleyball, is the perception that, so, that it's basically a one-big league. Last year there were five teams with 20 wins in the American, only one of them got into the tournament, which, um, I mean, if you ask, if you ask me, obviously I'm a little bit partial in this, but you know, there should be more than one American athletic conference team in the NCAAs. Um, the, the fact that only one got in, uh, and, and we have some information on this on our uh, preview, everything you need to know about UCF volleyball for 2018. Um, there's, uh, the, the, the American is a tough conference and the teams at the top really do beat up on one another. Uh, and we show, it's, we show you some of those numbers over the past uh, five years in that. So make sure you check that out on blackandgoldbanneret.com. All right, let's dive in. Head coach Todd Dagenet in his 11th season at UCF. He's closing in on Lucy McD- or actually on uh, Laura Smith for second all-time in the UCF um, uh, win charts. Uh, as far as a coach. And then after that, he's got Lucy McDaniel in his sights, 51 wins behind her coming into 2018. We talk about that in a little bit and uh, plenty more having to do with the team uh, coming into 2018. So without further ado, here is head coach Todd Dagenet. Joining me now, uh, actually in his office where he's got some, uh, wow, we got some really nice jerseys hung up over there. Head coach Todd Dagenet, UCF Volleyball. Um, okay, what other memorabilia are you hiding from us that we need to know well, about I here? Well, I think if, if I was to give uh, the fans a tour of my office here, there's um, three of those. Actually, four of those jerseys are Olympic-worn jerseys. Uh, three, yeah. three of my former players got a chance to play in the Olympics, so they signed me one of their game-worn jerseys, and I have that. And then uh, the fourth one up there is Kia Bright when she had her opportunity to play with the national team, and she continues to excel in the professional level along with Jayla Hervey. So pretty happy with uh, what uh, alumni, not only UCF alumni, but other alumni that uh, I've worked with in the past. I'm happy with what they're doing. Yeah, we've got, uh, well, now, I mean, all of a sudden, here we are. This is year number 11. I I I can't believe it. It's gone by so fast, hasn't it, man? uh, Yeah, you just think back and, you know, you think about the average tenure of a coach, you know, is only four and a half, five years or something like that. And... 
you know, to think of how life takes ups and downs and changes and things. And, uh, you know, to think you're starting anything year 11. Um, the last coaches meeting we had here, um, I looked around and there's Linda Gooch who's been here, you know, for as long yeah, as the university has been here. Been been here. Yeah. Um, she's such a uh, staple in our athletic department. And, uh, and now I'm, <laughs> I'm right behind her. <laughs> I never, ever dreamed that that would happen. Um, but, you know, I'm proud to be here. I've always been proud to be here. I've, I love this school. Um, my children love this school. This is home for us. And um, it's just a great place to be. You had to do all kinds of cool stuff, and you really didn't have that much of a summer, per se, because you had that big Puerto Rico trip. Um, read about it. Our buddy Brian Murphy uh, wrote something up, actually, in the Sentinel about yeah, it. He right did an outstanding that. job yeah. of that article. I love Brian to death. He's, he's yeah. the best. But uh, let me ask you just this about the trip. Like, You have one senior on this roster. You have six freshmen. So kind of not a moment too soon what does a trip like that out to puerto rico where you're not just playing against some pretty good competition you're also doing a lot of team building things what does that what does that really do for a team i think before any team can go out and be successful i think there has to be a level of comfort with each other Um, many people call that chemistry but i think it's it goes so much deeper than chemistry um, there's a level of comfort. Um, there's just uh, a certain way somebody looks at another person and they understand what they're thinking. And and the only way you can get those kinds of moments are in um, unstressful situations where you're close together. You can't escape each other no matter what. And so you share those laughs in the van to and from practice or in some sort of a team activity or... Uh, you know, your horse bumps their horse and they get a giggle out of that or just little things like that. Um, and then, of course, getting out there and battling. Now, that's a whole different kind of comfort that you get with playing people next to you. You know that the person next to you is willing to give it as much as you are. And when a person next to you is willing to give it, you you don't take a playoff because you don't want to let them down. And I think what we ended up building this summer was a group that, first of all, was very close off the court. I think they had those moments that helped bind them together. But they also have a healthy respect for each other because they know that there's not a single person that's going to take a day off. We have to pull them off. So when somebody's injured or somebody's sick, we have to yank them off the floor and say, no, you don't get to practice today. And they're frustrated by that. And I, I love the fact that they're frustrated that they don't get a chance to practice today because they're injured or they're sick or whatever it is. Um, but they don't want to let each other down. I think that's a very, very strong motivator. I mentioned the one senior you have, and that's Joe, Jordan Pingle. And uh, as you're a libero defensive specialist, I mean, that comes that comes with its own responsibilities that are unique on the floor. But... How has uh, how has she adapted to being that 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 one senior that all these kids are going to yeah. look to? You know, I anytime somebody says Jordan Pingle, I get a smile on my face. Um, I've known Jordan since she was four years old and pigtails. Um, her dad was my boss at USA Volleyball, and to watch her grow from a little girl into a very very strong, strong-minded, independent woman um, has been an exciting 
transformation over the course of you know, 16 years or something, 17 years. Um, you know, what she does, what she does now, she just goes out there and shows this is how it's done. She's the one that's taking care of the little things of this is how we do it. This is how your bag is. This is how we pack. This is how we travel. This is how... So everything along the way, she's the one that really is the... This is how UCF Volleyball does things. And that's on the team side. You know, sure, she is shooting for her own um, goals in some ways. I mean, she... There's records out there for her to break. I know she wants those records, but she doesn't want those records more than she wants this team to be successful. And so here she is continuing to lay the foundation, lay the chemistry of this young group and bring them along and teach them the UCF way. So when she's gone, that torch continues to get passed. Do you get worried at times about the, uh, the well, the perceived lack of experience because you have these six freshmen uh, even though you do have a couple of redshirt uh, sophomores who've really been here for three years but you know i got one senior over here it's like you look at the pie chart right i right. got one senior and then i got all these teenagers over right. here Do you get well, worried about that i don't know when i threw the line out lineup out there in game one i looked out there and i saw five freshmen yeah, <laughs> a junior and a senior. Oh boy. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what in the world am I doing? I don't think you ever played five freshmen um, ever. Right? I, 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 like not even I, your you first know, year. Was, I feel like no, not the first year. I, there, I felt like there was a year we were really young, the year that Kia got injured. Yeah, um, that's but still, right. I don't remember five freshmen. And but you know, like you said, and you talk about the perceived youth. You know, they're young and playing college volleyball matches. That's what they are. Um, But with seven matches under their belt, meaningful matches, now eight matches under their belt, meaningful matches, um, they're winners. They come from winning programs. They know what it means to win. They have that hunger to win. Um, They're willing to do what it takes to win. Um, They're extremely coachable. They watch film. They see themselves. They're they're harder on themselves than we'll ever be. Um, Sometimes we have to rein that in a little bit. Um, because they want to be good now. Well, yeah. it doesn't. You don't get good now. It takes in this sport. It takes eighteen months to get good, and so you know, are we young? Sure. Um, are we going to let it be an excuse? Absolutely not. Because we're just going to continue to grow every day and try to string a set of skills together that scores points and enough points to win sets and enough sets to win matches. And it's going to be what it's going to be at the end. We really, you know, we all we can do is just worry about trying to find a way to get better and let that lead to whatever it leads to. We're uh, sitting here right after the first exhibition match against Tampa. And one of the things that I was struck at or struck by just sitting courtside doing PA as I do, um, no humble brag there, is... Uh, um, how Erin Olson uh, seems to have really figured it out. Not that she, not that she didn't last year, but there were times when she would, um, she would kind of lose control of the match a little bit. But she was in absolute control when you had her out there today. So, how much growth have you seen from her over the past six months leading into I, you the know, season? She's really become a professor of her position. You know, there's those that go out there and play the position. There's those that go out there and master the position. And there's those that go out there and get their Ph.D. in the position. And she's really done everything she could to get her Ph.D. in that position. She is 
very much in control. She knows what's going on. The minute she sets a ball and made a mistake, she knows it. Um, it doesn't mean that she's flawless. She knows she's not flawless, but she's really good. And um, manipulating defenses, manipulating blocks, being in control of uh, the the verbal loop that's going through her hitters' heads. Um, she, it, 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 she's like a puppet master or a conductor out there when she's on the floor, and everything just seems to be okay, yeah. smooth. Everything runs smoothly when Aaron is running the offense and Jordan's running the defense. The um, weapons that she has at her disposal now, I mean, you, you touched upon the young talent that you have, but then you bring back you know, players like Allie who uh, – Took command of everything right from the right from the start when she got here a couple of years ago. Um, Anne Marie looked strong today as well as as she always has. Christina Fisher is just. I feel like I've already. It, she, this is her sophomore year. It feels like she's been here for three. Right. Um, the, the weapons at your disposal are going to make this team, I think, pretty tough to beat. Well, I think what we have right now is not only do we have webs, weapons, we have depth. Of weapons, yeah. You know, I I wanted to get Brianna Garcia some more play time, so she got the vast majority of it. Allie didn't get as much, Anne Marie didn't get as much on the right side as what I wanted. Um, but it's nice to have the three, so we have the option of going with a five-one. We have the option of going with a six-two. We have depth if we need it. Mm-hmm. Um, on the left side, I didn't get to play Paulina as much as I wanted to. Um, she's been nursing some things, um, but. There, there's depth on the left side too, and Anne Marie also can play left or right. So you really have you have three deep on the right side. You have four deep on the left side. Um, the only I think I guess concern I'd say is you know in the middle. Do we have the depth in the middle to to make it through a whole year? So I, we're we're smart about how we train them and how we're using them. Not too many jumps too early, not too many swings too early. So. Really, they didn't get a lot of swings tonight, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to as the year goes on. I think you're going to see the middle um, really become a big staple of our offense at some point. But right now, you're right. It seems like we have the the people that can go out there and score points, and uh, we're going to find ways to just continuously distribute the ball. I thought tonight we set McKenna too many times, but I think it's more of a product Mm -hmm. of the rotation that we started in, which brought her across the front row every game the whole time so she's taken six swings to start them every single set she seemed to handle it just fine and she was fine. it's not going to be like that all year we're not going to start in the same rotation the whole year long we just did it to keep things simple for tonight um so she took more swings than what i would uh have liked her to but uh, she handled it well she you know she went out there and, and did her job and was pretty happy with that all right let's take a quick break we'll be right back with head coach todd dagenet after this The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by the Unger Real Estate Group, brokered by EXP Realty. Sam Unger and his team proudly serve Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties, specializing in buying, selling, and new construction. He's a proud UCF graduate, class of 2006, and he's got a special deal going on right now for the 2018 football season. Night fans, if you work with Sam as your realtor, he will rebate you up to $750 at closing. So if you're ready to buy a new home or sell your current home, upgrade or downsize, Sam and his team have you covered so you can find the right home at the right price in the right location. So give them a call right now at 407-790-9957. Again, that's 407-790-9957. 
888-999-9957. Or visit them on the web at WeSellOrlando.net. Again, that's WeSellOrlando.net. You can also reach them on Facebook at Facebook.com slash WeSellOrlando. Get in touch with the Unger Real Estate Group today and make finding your dream home a reality. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Andrew Fegley. And I'm Trey Strelko. Um, uh, um, where are we? This isn't our usual spot. It looks like we've landed in the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard of those guys. You know, Nightline has UCF sports covered. Week in and week out, we bring you interviews with newsmakers and in-depth analysis of UCF sports. Subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to Nightline on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore Nightline. Trace, can we go back to the 1148 studios now and start working on our next all-new Nightline? How do we get out of here? Go Knights! Charge on. Now back to you guys in the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Welcome back. Let's dive back in with UCF Volleyball Head Coach Todd Dagenet. Schedule this year. You're uh, heading down to... You're not leaving the state, which is good. Um, but... That non-conference schedule um, on the road is uh, is is quite the is quite the road. Yeah, I mean, I, on, well, I'll tell you the bottom line on that, Jeff. And, and the football team knows what this feels like, and yeah. I'm sick and tired of having a, an RPI, have having a record, and then being told, "Well, your RPI wasn't high enough to get in the tournament." And you know, you hit the 20 win mark, you get some good wins. Um, some close losses but it's still not good enough to get in and then they bring in you know a 17 and 16 team from another conference and it's just frustrating so i said it's not going to happen and we went out there we scheduled miami Mm -hmm. who's going to finish in the top three in the acc um, that Fort Myers tournament down there. Yeah, well, that, it's that, a couple times, it's a right? Four yeah. year, it, uh, we decided to go a four-year contract with four schools. Everybody's yeah. going to host once. But Florida Atlantic will be competitive in their conference. Florida Gulf Coast is going to be the favorite in their conference. Mm-hmm. Then we go up to Gainesville. Florida is always going to be in contention, if not win their conference. I think they've won their conference 27 out of 28 years or something. I've lost count. USC is you know always a Final Four team. Louisville is expected to win the ACC this year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, no one's going to tell us that our schedule isn't good enough. Even our home schedule, people say, oh, well, yeah, you back off. Well, we back off. We have Yale, who's going to win the Ivy. <laughs> right. You have Alabama State, who's going to win the SWAC. You have Wofford, who's going to win their conference. So we're playing teams that are going to have 20, 25 wins and win their conference. So there there are no cupcakes. It's It's just not going to be easy, and we are going to build the RPI that we need to build that – Trying to win the conference is so tough. That's one thing yeah. I learned when I was at USC. You don't you don't try to win the conference. You 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 win the conference as a byproduct of of winning matches. And if you win the conference, great. Yeah. Um, winning the conference comes as a result of doing all these other things right. So if you win the conference, great. But if you don't, you want to have a little bit of margin of error, still getting that NCAA tournament. And every year, it's always been RPI, RPI, RPI. Where only two off, we're three off, we're five off, and I'm just I'm fed up. I'm just fed up with the system the way it is, and um, you know I know that if you line us up against some of those teams that we're getting in, you know I know that we would beat them. So we just have to go out there and we have to play the game, play the RPI game, 
go play the teams we have to play, get the wins that we have to get, and um, hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll be there at the end. But right now, I think it's it's so early for us to talk about that when we're still trying to get, you know, this this stew, I guess, yeah. the ingredients of the stew together uh, to see how good this team is going to be. Okay, quick timeout. Uh, I have to clarify something before you hear this next question. Um, I'm about to ask Todd how he feels about being three wins away from the winningest head coach in UCF volleyball history. And I checked the records beforehand, and, and, and we thought, at least I thought, that he was. Now, I got to give a ton of credit to Ian McDougall, the Associate Director of Communications uh, for UCF, uh, and he's in charge of volleyball, baseball, and men's and women's tennis. And Ian <clears throat> actually, excuse me, gave me a, uh, a heads up because uh, Todd is, at, okay, they went back in the UCF record books, right? And it turns out that there was an error, that uh, the 1979 season was not credited to Lucy McDaniel, who you'll hear Todd talk about here in a little bit. Um, but she was the head coach in 1979. All the records said that she wasn't, that it was somebody else. But um, that, but it turns out she was the head coach in 1979. So that gave her 54 more wins um, than what we previously thought. So it turns out that instead of being three wins behind uh, Laura Smith for first all-time, he's actually 51 wins behind Lucy McDaniel for number one all-time in UCF. So I owe Ian uh, a big thank you for that correction, and I wanted to get that out there because as you hear the answer, you're going to be like, something doesn't add up. So I wanted to clarify that before we dive in. All right, let's go back in. This is a program that's won a national championship in 1978. Laura Smith had great success here. You know, we obviously you've been around Laura quite a bit. I've had the good fortune of, um, meeting her too, and um, this is also this year's also the 40th anniversary of that 1978 national championship. Um, I kind of th- I kind of think I know kind of what you're going to say here, but what <laughs> would it mean for you to be at the top of that list? Um, and I'm going to give you an honest answer, Jeff. It, right. it doesn't it doesn't mean anything to me right now. What means to me is that um, we have. Uh, athletes that are graduating in three, three and a half years, graduating with master's degrees, graduating with honors, going to medical school, going to whatever school they want to go to, um, being competitive, having a shot at winning championships. That means way more to me than being here long enough to outlast a, a record. You know, I look at Look at what Lucy McDaniel did for this program. You look at what Laura Smith did for this program. You look at all the great athletes, the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. And, you know, it's just, I'm just a part of a story. That's all I am. I'm just another chapter of a story. And all I'm trying to do is make sure that, you know, the flame that they lit way back then, that, that flame just continues. And if it just so happens that I'm here long enough to win enough matches that puts me up there, then so be it. But... Honestly, I mean, Laura and Lucy really are the matriarchs of the program and always will be. And I'm just, I'm simply a chapter in it. That's all I am. And, and um, I'm here to make sure that we are, we are putting out market-ready graduates who can go out in the world and do whatever it is that they want to do. 
are, are we going to do anything like event wise for that team? I know Lucy we passed are. away five so years ago. So. That's a good question. You know, what we decided to do, there's so many things that happened this year. Um, you know, of course, the, the passing of Tess. Yeah. Um, we want to have a recognition for that. Um, it's Tyra Turner, Tyra mm-hmm. Harper. Uh, her it's her turn to go into the uh, ring of honor. Well, so we'll deserved do that this year. Yeah, um, and then we'll do a, a, an honor, a 40th anniversary honor. And we decided that since we're home for homecoming this weekend, we're gonna do all of this that weekend. So we have we're gonna have a total generational welcome back weekend for every player of every era of every year. I hope coaches come back too, and we'll we'll remember we'll have a moment and we'll remember Tess and um, we'll honor that 40th anniversary team Um, we'll recognize Tyra for all her great success and then we'll welcome back every single generation and see if we can't get us all tied back together I think that's something that's really important um, for us it was something I started when I first got here but you get so wrapped up in your team year after year and Unless you have somebody on the outside that's really coordinating this, it's tough to do. And I think we have some outside help now to, to help do this. Plus, we have alumni that's willing to, to, to take charge of, of this as well. But this is going to be a special year because we want to we want to bring everybody from every generation back that homecoming weekend. We want them to have a great time. We want them to be a part of all of this. And um, we want to recognize a lot of special people along the way. You know, I found that video from 10 years ago that I did when uh, when when we uh, dropped the banner for the players on the 78 team and that was your that was your rookie year here. That was my yeah, we did yeah. that. That was my my rookie year. We played Stanford that night. Yep. And uh, that was that was my very first match at home mm-hmm. as a UCF coach and uh, I do. I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember yeah. everything about it. It was was, cool. uh, it was a special night. Um, to have those women finally recognized, I mean, finally recognized for, for what they did, and that was win a national championship, and that's special. Cool. Thank you, Todd. My pleasure. Thank you, Jeff. All right, man. All right, thanks to Todd. Thanks to uh, Ian also for helping us out. Make sure you follow Todd on Twitter. He's a great follow. UCFVB Todd. UCFVB Todd on Twitter. And, of course, UCF underscore volleyball on Twitter. So um, huge thanks all the way around. And also big, huge thanks to Ian for um, for his hard work and actually confirming that error in the records that I saw that that was that goes back long before, you know, he was around. So um, so he he was able to fix that. And it's, you know, I mean, what can I say, man? It was the 70s. Um, all right. So once again, a reminder, UCF starting their season Friday, August 24th down at Coral Gables at the University of Miami in the Sunshine State Challenge facing FGCU on Friday, and then FAU in Miami on Saturday. Louisville, uh, Southern Cal, and Florida on Friday, August 31st, and Saturday, September 1st, and Sunday, September 2nd, respectively. Uh, And then the Knights have their home opener Friday, September 7th. They play two matches, FIU, Illinois, Chicago, on Friday, September 7th. First one is 11 a.m. that Friday. Regular season matches, they play USF uh, actually at Tampa uh, to start the conference season on Friday, September 21st. Um, home matches against Wichita State on October 7th. That's a Sunday. Uh, Cincinnati uh, comes into town on Friday, November the 9th. Um, also, SMU should be pretty good this year. Uh, They're coming in Sunday, October 28th. And the season ends Wednesday, November 21st uh, with the match against uh, USF. The regular season ends um, on the 21st. NCAA tournament is scheduled to begin Thursday, November 
29th. All right. Thanks once again to Todd. Thanks again to Ian for helping set this up. And thanks to you for listening. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. We'll be starting up next week with our first regular shows as we get ready for football season coming up uh, and UCF's opener at UConn. We'll get you prepped for everything coming in uh, the first full week of uh, UCF sports um, that we'll be covering here on Black and Gold Banneret. Follow us at UCF underscore Banneret, facebook.com slash Black and Gold Banneret, as well as we are SB Nation's home for your UCF nights. I'm Jeff Sharon. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast.